Hey everybody, just a quick disclaimer from your friendly neighborhood, Basil. Due to some of the graphic content of this episode of Canary Cry Radio, we will put it up to the discretion of the listener and or the listener's mother or father or legal guardian to allow younger Canarians to listen to this episode. I wish that there were somewhere that I could go, preferably around Dublin, Ohio, around November 14th or 15th, that I could receive a vast amount of knowledge from experts and credible people about the things happening in the world today, Bible prophecy, and maybe even zombies. Well, you're in luck, little Basil. Oh, goody. Tell me more, mister. (laughs) (laughs) Mister, tell me. All right. As Basil said, on November 14th and 15th in Dublin, Ohio, the Prophecy Forum brings you a world turned upside down, decoding the dramatic new signs hastening the Lord's return. This is the lineup. Russ Dizdar, Bill Salas, Hagman and Hagman, Doug Woodward, John Holler, Greg Evanson, Dave Dobbenmeyer, Doug Krieger, Gary Winkleman, and moi. Moi? Who's that? That's me. Sounds French. Yeah. That, yeah. I will be talking about the secret weapons of Antichrist, and it's going to be about the secret weapons of Antichrist. Wow. And it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be interviewing all these people. Go to theprophecyforum.com and type in promo code prophecypodcast, all lowercase, and you'll get a few bucks off the tickets. Or if you can't be there, sign up for the live stream. You can watch it right from your home, and uh, it's going to be well worth it. You know, there's other stuff going on, you know, around the same time, but I think ours is going to be awesome. So if you want to participate in that way, please do. If you can get out to Dublin, Ohio, hey, come say hi. And Basil may or may not be there. We don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, originally we had said that I wasn't going to be there. Right. But it's really shaping up to be quite the event. Yes. And because recently the ticket sales have started to skyrocket, it's probably going to sell out. So if you want to get out there, buy tickets soon. Okay, Basil, what do you got for us? You're listening to Canary Cry Radio. Homo caprophagus somnambulus, the walking dead, or zombie, of course. The last thing you knew for certain is that you are now dead, except that you're not. Understanding those words is not quite the same as accepting them. That's a different game. Hearing people cry, zombie, out loud is not nearly as scary as seeing the rot. Catching a glimpse whenever you pass, a windowpane would make you gasp. If your lungs were exhaling in shock, at the sight instead you just gawk. That sideways on reflection of death is somehow worse than the full-on effect. You hoped for at least a near mindless state, not knowing what your body now craved. They talked of the hunger, the truth is far worse. Needing to eat raw brains is a curse. Though reanimated, you're dead and all. The ways that count lack emotional. Not to mention romantic and personal, so why still try believing in you? What did you expect of life after death? If not this, there's nothing left. So try to embrace the new zombie you and revel in all that zombies can do. Walk slow but purposeful, crying out brains, knowing that meal will renew you again. 
and so there'll be no more of cuddle or kiss. It's time to seek a zombie type bliss. Welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name is Basil. <laughs> That's terrible. And this is Gons. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 77. Here yep. we are. We're going we are. to talk about zombies. 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 Since we're on that cranberry song, that yeah. you just mentioned very uh-huh. popular you know i was looking at the lyrics of the song and it was interesting to read you know i, I remember that song when i was uh, i think i was like 10 or 11 or something it was very yeah. popular mm-hmm. do you know what the song's about um i'm i guess i just sort of always assumed like uh it was some sort of commentary on modern culture and corporatism and things like that uh, close. It was okay. actually inspired by an IRA bombing in Warrington, Cheshire in 1993, where huh. two kids, Jonathan Ball and Tim Perry, were killed. Uh, the IRA is the Irish Republican Army. Of course. And it's a militant group uh, determined to remove British troops from North Ireland. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lead singer, Dolores, claimed that zombies speaks about the Irish fight for independence that seems to last forever. And, you know, part of the lyrics where she says, it's the same old theme since 1916. Actually, I did that really bad, but yeah. 1916, okay. referring to the beginning of that fight. Huh, interesting. Yeah, never would have guessed. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've actually listened to that whole song all the way through. Although it's, like, really catchy and was really popular at the time, I don't know, something about it. Just can't do it. <laughs> no, no worries. Just can't, just can't you know, it was it. interesting. The music video has her, the lead singer, like, covered in gold glitter, standing mm-hmm. in front of a cross. It's wow. like, well, what's the deal with that? And, you know, they always yeah. did stuff like that in Hollywood, right? Yeah, those funky Hollywood kids. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, well, okay, so this episode is about zombies, which, um... You know, we we mention uh, for some reason quite a bit on the show. You know about the deep desire for a, a zombie apocalypse, maybe subconsciously even. I'm not saying I want a zombie apocalypse. I'm just saying. Yeah, you do. You've you've said. You but know. I fully recognize that I'm just conditioned at this point to want a zombie apocalypse. Okay, this is a product. Fair. This I'm that in me is a product of sort of. A, a really intense resurgence of zombie, I don't know, if you could call it zombie culture in the past, uh, you know, a, I think 10, 15 years. However, the story of zombies goes way, way back, and especially in popular culture, at least 100 years. But personally, I've seen it come up in an amazing way in the past 10 years. So there, here's some facts just to start off, right? So some random... Just some... Li- legitimate facts about zombie apocalypse yes okay and this is comprehensive list of zombie apocalypse facts very credible source listen up 
Number one, in the grand scheme of things, Canada would outlast the U.S. in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, and and uh, so our friends in Canada up there, you guys are in better hands. We may just, you know, yeah, run off to Canada if if it happens. It makes total sense. Yeah, probably because there's wider spaces and stuff, right? Probably because Canadian zombies would be really polite. <laughs> okay, thirty uh, percent are foolish enough to ask the infected person what they would want you to do. Who are these wow. people? Come on. Yeah, well, if they get bitten, like, what do you want me to do? Want me to kill you? No, you, you take care of business. <laughs> you take care of business immediately. As long as we're on percentages, almost 10% of people are clueless that zombies infect with a bite. So there you go. Just so you know, don't be one of the 10%. Right. If you see a zombie, don't get bit, all right? <laughs> More percentages here. In the event... Of a zombie outbreak, 41.62% of people are completely rational and would be upset or very upset. 33.56% <laughs> are freaks and would be happy or very happy. 24.83% are weird and wouldn't care either way. Wow. Mm. That's, a, that's an interesting uh, psychological analysis. Yeah. All right, the most popular zombie fighting weapons are knives, scissors, sticks, balls, crowbar, shovel, or bike. Bike. Yep, it's there. I've seen people throw bikes. Yeah. I would say um, dog bone would be, uh, you know, those Nyla bones. It's kind of a distraction, I think. Like, you throw it, and then, like, bone, <laughs> and they eat the bone. All right, the average length of life based on age groups. If you're under 18, you'll live 71.39 days. Wow. 18 to 25, 80.13 days. Oh, so you'd outlast the youngins. Yep. 26 through 35, 79.23 days, a little bit less than uh, the younger folks. Like one day less. Yep. 36, age 36 to 45, 72.3 days in the zombie apocalypse. And if you're over 45, sorry, you've only got 56.05 days. How do they figure this out? Where does this even come from? I don't know. Men would outlive women by an average of 10 days. That's sexist. <laughs> <laughs> over 5% of people think you can drown or suffocate the undead. Come on, people. 5% of, well, those are the people who get eaten first. Right. Uh, 45% of people report they would have no problem killing an infected loved one. Yeah, loved one. I know. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Zombification really changes family dynamics. I will tell you what. Maybe, maybe this is part of what Jesus talked about, you know? Right. Uh, brother will go against brother. Oh. Go against father and mother and sister, you know, all that stuff. Right. That's perfect. He just wow. didn't tell us that they would be zombies. Wow. Look at you. Bible analysis. <laughs> All right, and those obviously those living in rural areas would last the longest with urbanites lasting the shortest amount of time. Those living in a suburbia area are in the middle. Wow, that is some serious serious analysis. So there you go. There's just some facts about a zombie apocalypse and uh your possibilities of living and where you fall on the continuum of those making foolish or wise choices. Where do we go from here? Well, there's a lot of things we can touch on. I mean, let, let's get through a couple of those cultural references, though. I mean, let's obviously, there's tons of bands that have, you know, used the zombie imagery. And, right. you know, I had a list of uh, some of them I've never even heard of. Wednesday 13 has a song called I Walked with a Zombie. 
it's a very shallow zombie song you know like oh the zombies on the street and blah 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 it's just like literally talking about zombies yeah um, no metaphor or no, like poetic reference no at all. not at all no artistic <laughs> uh yeah uh the pretty reckless has a song called zombie and you know uh-huh. uh pretty straightforward but you know it's talking about i'm a zombie or something right and then you have uh white zombie which yeah. um which is a uh, Rob Zombie is a uh, you know industrial metal rock yeah. group uh, that was satanic around one. very satanic and I was you know I was telling you before we started uh, recording this that you know it was right around the time I was I must have been I don't know ten or eleven or twelve or something like that mm-hmm. when uh, there's a song called More Human Than Human was really popular yeah. and you know being a guitar player I was like oh they're using slide guitars really cool and all this but I was listening back and looking at some of the imagery of White Zombie and it was uh, I was like wow yeah (laughs) satanic as you can get such an impressionable young mind you were oh yeah I ran across a band called Zombie Cookbook while doing some research for the show nice yeah I mean they were terrible I mean I shouldn't say that but (laughs) I didn't enjoy it well, I mean, I mean, you also have um, Thriller with Michael Jackson. I mean, that whole, oh, you know, yeah, they don't, they don't mention, I don't think they use the word zombie, but I mean, you watch the video, it's clearly a zombie type. They got zombies dancing, you know, right. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, zo- the whole zombie idea has been so diluted over the years, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But, you know, if, as long as we're talking about popular culture, we got movies forever about oh, zombies. You want to talk movies? You want to hear my list of top 30 zombie movies this list that's just right off the top of your head without even reading it this is this is this comes from the mind okay this comes <laughs> yeah. from my memory okay you got cemetery man 1994 you know you got julia roberts in that movie uh-huh. you have night of the living dead this is a remake yeah. actually 1990 you got plague yeah. of the zombies 1966 uh-huh. you know you got dance of the dead 2008 so this is non-chronological order? No, not at all. This is this is my top 30. My yeah, top 30 sure. This Number 26 is The Dead, 2010. You know? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you have uh, one of my favorite uh, Nazi zombie movies ever made, Dead Snow, mm-hmm. 2009. Yeah. You know, the zombies come back, uh, or the Nazis, the Nazis come, come back, come and, back, and, and yeah. they're zombies, you know? Planet Terror, 2007. You got White Zombie, 1932. I think this is where uh, Rob Zombie got his, his name. Are, are we going to go through the... This whole list? Hey, hey, it'll take 30 seconds, all right? Uh, it's in my okay. head. Land of the Dead 2005, you got Versus 2000, Pontypool mm-hmm. 2008, Warm yeah. Bodies 2013, okay. Zombieland 2009, Zeta right. 1982, 28 mm-hmm. Days Later 2002, I Walked with a Zombie 1943, okay. Let Sleeping Corpses Lie 1975, Fido, yeah. Fido 2006, if you want to... Is, is that the one with the, the dog? The yeah, dark well, zombie. Yeah, if you if you're into zombie pets, uh, zombie bodyguards, or zombie housekeepers, right? Fido is your movie. Mm-hmm. World War Z, you know, a couple years ago, just just ridiculous amounts of zombies like climbing walls and stuff. Just okay. Re- Day of the Dead, uh, 1985. Dawn mm-hmm. of the Dead remake, 2004. Dead Girl, 2008. Zombie 1979, Reanimator 1985, Wreck 2007, Mm. Shaun of the Dead 2004. One of my favorites. The Return of the Living Dead 1985, Night of the Living Dead 1968. Just a couple more here. Dead Alive 1992, and number one on my list, Dawn of the Dead 1978. 78? Oh, that was before the remake, huh? That's the original. 
Right, but you didn't actually mention White Zombie, which is... No, I, just, I did mention White Zombie. In 1932. Yeah, I did. Oh, I didn't even hear it. Yeah, yeah that's, was, that's why I said that's where White Zombie got his name, remember? Yeah, no, I kind of tuned out there for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, okay, 1932. So I, I may have been exaggerating when I said at least 100 years. No, that's not exaggerating. I mean, think about where we are. I mean, it is, it is 2000, what, almost 15? I mean, yeah. that's, that's 80 years. and Yeah, you know? I said at least 100. My math was off. It's okay. I can accept that. Yeah. Um, but some people, I personally don't, but the, the 1910 film Frankenstein has a reanimated corpse, but I wouldn't necessarily call that a zombie. Well, that's, that's kind of the, yeah. I mean, we're, are we talking about a reanimated or an animated object or a corpse? You know, because I talk about golems. <laughs> in my film Age of Deceit 2 and that's not right. necessarily a zombie like no. the, the cultural definition of a zombie anyway yeah you know, that's just an animated uh, personally I don't count that as a zombie right, right. zombies are, are very particular in my mind but you know they're all over the place one thing actually an interesting movie that has a zombie in it but a traditional zombie is James Bond Live and Let Die You see that one? Uh, I've seen it probably yeah. at some point. So, if we're going to get into the origins of zombies, as I kind of would like to do, James Bond is one of the best examples of such because they actually come from Haitian mythology. Right, like the etymological origins of zombies, right? Right. Yeah, well, if you think about it, if you look back at the James Bond movie, he was sort of crawling around the jungle there and there are these guys i don't know if voodoo is really the the right word to use but they were all painted like uh skeletons and they were i think of, it's a it's a form of voodooism right and they were under some form of spell or something and they were dancing around and you know this scary scary thing but but before we get into that whole thing you know, video games have actually been a, a, a huge part of zombie culture recently as well. I mean, oh, you, got, you, got, you got tons of games. Seven Days to Die, you know, yeah. it's supposed to be 2034, where zombies have ran rampant, you know. Right. Uh, all zombies must die in 2011. You have um, Amy, it's a horror game. Yeah. Uh, Adam Zombie Smasher, you know, Beast Busters. Is this a list just off the top of your head just again? Just off the top of my head. I mean, yeah. you know, I just I just know these things. If anybody Googles lists of zombie movies or video games, they're not going to find this. Oh, they list. might find it. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies. Right, First yeah. First person well, shooter. The, the Call of Duty zombie games are great. World War Zombies, Call of Duty, another one. Mm-hmm. Carnal Evil. I, there, I mean, there's so many. I, 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 I have so many in my head. Right. I, I just can't go through all of them. We just don't have time. <laughs> You're uh, a crack up this morning. Minecraft actually has zombies in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Minecraft. Uh, well, that's kind of the thing. I find it really fascinating with the whole cultural aspect of zombies is they've like infiltrated things that aren't even uh, supposed to be zombie like. Yeah, like time things. splitters, future perfect, where it's like a, you know, multiplayer first shooter thing where the artificial intelligence of the future are called zombies. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, it's everywhere. I think before we get any further in this... Zombie burger. 
We should head over to Webster's and see what the uh, definition of zombie, what the official Webster's definition of zombie is. Okay. And by the way, we are going to wrap this all neatly with a a biblical explanation and um, some references, despite how like ridiculously off target we seem right now. I think we are really okay. Here we go. (laughs) See, here's the thing. When I was looking at this and I first looked up the Merriam-Webster definition of uh, zombie, I'm like, Merriam-Webster really blew it on this one. Because look, we have zombie. Noun. A person who moves very slowly and is not aware of what is happening, especially because of being very tired. Like the very first definition, like, is this super colloquial, like, (laughs) cultural definition. Like, it's so... You and I would both be considered zombies, like, in the morning. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, especially before I have my cup of coffee, I've been waiting to make that joke this whole time. But I mean, that just upset me. Like the very first definition of zombie is a tired guy. (laughs) Like that's dumb. Anyways, we go on to the second definition. It says a dead person who is able to move because of magic, according to some religions and in stories movies, etc., which is a little bit closer to the truth, but still not actually very accurate. And so we'll get into that a little bit later. Well, like, um, what do you mean? I mean, when you say accurate, you're, de- you're deriving this from where? Like your cultural definition of what you've been fed? No, from the actual history of zombies. Okay. Yeah. Um, although Webster's does have a kind of a little appendage, appendage, appendix, appendix, append- an appendage in, in, uh, more there's more of it (laughs) and says uh another definition is is the supernatural power that according to voodoo belief may enter into and reanimate a dead body so Mm. now we have a more spiritual sort of thing where a zombie is actually um and we'll get into this one aspect of a dual soul theology of voodoo right and uh another Definition is a willless and speechless human in the West Indies capable of only automatic movement and is held to have died and been supernaturally reanimated. Uh, another one is a person held to resemble the so-called walking dead, a person markedly strange in appearance or behavior. Like, come on. And then uh, the last one is a mixed drink made of several kinds of rum, liquor, and fruit juice. Great. Thanks, Webster. <laughs> So there's a wide range of definitions for zombie, but because I'm an etymological purist. (laughs) Really? uh, Yeah. uh, We all know this about me. Maybe we should get a little bit into the actual history of zombie and where it came from, because I feel like that's a big gap in, you know, between its original Right, that's a wide range of definitions there to groggy guy in the morning to flesh-eating, slave, brainless, animated, dead human. Right. Wow, I just got an alert that says the first Ebola patient yeah, diagnosed died. in the U.S. has died in the Dallas hospital. Yeah, just to put a timestamp on... Uh, and you know what would be crazy is if we get the, the news uh, a few minutes later, you know, a couple days later. Yeah. Dallas patient who died from Ebola rose... Rose again. Rose again. Oh, that would be interesting. My phone is making a loud noise. We should definitely do that. That'll be an interesting timestamp. Hello, que pasó? Okay. Answering calls during during the episode. Well, yeah, 
I figured we could take a little break for a second since we're on a time crunch, bro. We are on a time crunch. Okay, here we go. All right. So let's talk about the original zombie thing. Cause I, I feel this is actually has a lot of weight if you really think about it. Yeah. Now, admittedly, a lot of this we found on Wikipedia, but I personally took the time to trace uh, the sources. Yeah, it's, it's search around a little bit. And that's make that's sure that fine. I think back. I think that's okay as long as you sort of because di- they reference places, right? So dig into those references. Yeah, and- I did. I, I looked into the references, and this is as far as I can tell, quite legitimate. Okay. Okay, so zombies actually come from Haitian rural folklore from Haiti. <laughs> And the interesting thing is that, you know, uh, like we all kind of already knew, it's a, it's a form of necromancy where a sorcerer or a wizard or a witch or something, um, particularly called a bokor, which is like a a uh, voodoo witch. witch. Yeah. yeah. Not to be confused with a priest or a priestess in the voodoo religion. So this is kind of like a, a different thing. But the bokor would actually reanimate bodies this is in the mythology and they were always used as slaves like they were never this like out of control animalistic crazy evil being well they might have been crazy evil but that just went wild and like destroyed humanity it was always like a mindless slave that the necromancer would use Probably around the house just to do chores and stuff. Makes (laughs) makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, and also based on the uh, etymology dictionary, the word zombie comes from 1871, uh, West African origin, which makes sense. And uh, there's a couple different words that they got the word zombie from. One of them is the Kikingo Zumbi, which means fetish, or the Kimbundu Nzambi, which means god. Right. And uh, lowercase g god, anyway. Uh, originally, the name of a snake god, and and later it was um, changed, or you know, the, the the meaning evolved in the voodoo cult as reanimated corpse. So, right, there's already you know snake god. I mean, come on. There you go. Yeah. Well, and it's actually interesting in the original context of zombies. There were two types of zombies. There was, uh, and just using the word zombie, there was the zombie that's a reanimated corpse that is sort of a, a slave that is used. But then there's also like the zombie, what they call the zombie astral or like a spirit, zombie right. spirit. And this goes back to the dualism, the Haitian uh, voodoo belief of a dual spirit where you have your physical and your spiritual. And when they're together, you're a human being. But when you separate them, you become either either you use the body separately as a mindless slave or you can take out the soul the half of the soul that is called the zombie astral and that theoretically was put into a bottle and sold for uh, all sorts of spiritual reasons nice yeah i'd like to bring you luck or something (laughs) but it's funny because it came with like a disclaimer that god big g god would take that soul back eventually so like you pay for this bottle that have, theoretically has a soul in it, but they're like, eh, well, your luck may run out when God takes this soul back. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, they kind of had a built-in safety mechanism to uh, 
right. little insurance. Soul yeah, exactly. insurance. You know, if stuff doesn't go well, you know, that's just God. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's um, interesting. I mean, that's that's that, there's a couple things that come to my mind when you, mm-hmm. you know you mentioned that. Is one is that the idea of the separation of the body and the spirit is, you know, I mean, in, biblically speaking, there's a, there is a distinction between you know the flesh and the spirit, right? And you know, even the soul is part of um you know something that comes out of the combination of the spirit and the body. I think it's interesting that cultures that are seemingly removed from the you know, at least the you know biblical or christian worldview even right. has that as part of their worldview yeah. it goes to show that i think you don't need to have christianity to to or any religion really uh as an influencer to come to these conclusions that there's a spiritual aspect and you know you right. go back to the people in africa seem to have a better grasp of the supernatural in general so. right However, it can be said that Christianity did end up influencing voodoo um, yes. after explorers found the Caribbean islands. Sure. But, but it is a good point. I mean, there, there is definitely a separation there, and there's a distinction that when the soul is taken from the body and all that's left is the body, is just a mindless sort of slave that follows directions and right. does your chores. Right. Um, so that is actually kind of a fascinating thing that actually has made it through the years about yeah. zombies. Like yeah. that's kind of the main thing about zombies. Right. And the, is, the, the second thing I just briefly wanted to mention was mm-hmm. that the fact that our cultural fascination with zombieism comes from the voodoo religion is sort of alarming. Right. <laughs> you know, just that everyone's oh, like into zombies and all this stuff. And it's like, Oh, that comes from the, the voodoo Haitian mm-hmm. witch doctor. You know? Oh, it's totally true. And even more so, you know, when anthropologists kind of look back at this whole zombie obsession in the Haitian uh, voodoo culture, it actually seems to stem from slavery. Like the whole, right? you know, you know it comes from like this Haitian slavery Milieu, milieu. Yeah, yeah, milieu. Look at you. Because, I mean, slavery was a big thing in Haiti. That was one of the main places where European slavers would grab their folks from. Right which is obviously not okay. But I was sharing, I was actually sharing this with, with somebody, with a young lady, and she's like, that is, that's the worst thing about it. I can't believe we celebrate slavery, you know, on Halloween and in all these movies. I'm like, well, eh, I don't know about that. But it is actually pretty fascinating when you connect that cultural connection to it. Yeah, part of um, the roots. Right. Now, one of the things that zombies are known for is eating flesh, right? Right. Right. In terms of, you know, beings that eat flesh, you know, cannibalism and whatnot, um, one of the first recorded mentions of, of the flesh eating dead actually was recorded in the Epic of Gilgamesh, you know, the Sumerian mm-hmm. uh, epic of, uh, you know, some people say it's the parallel to Noah, which yeah, I, I don't really buy that. But interestingly enough, the passage reads... I shall set my face towards the infernal regions. I shall raise up the dead, and they will eat the living. I will make the dead outnumber the living. And that comes from the Epic of Gilgamesh. I mean, that's pretty zombie-ific. Yeah, <laughs> zombie-rific. Yeah, no, totally. And it, the thing that terrifies me the most is that this zombie phenomenon is not necessarily just folklore and it's not necessarily just mythology like there are scientists and anthropologists who have actually taken the time and 
this zombie thing is so much a part of the culture and so much taken from what some people would call reality that they've actually had chances to study people who have allegedly suffered zombieism or gone back and sort of studied what the possible causes of this zombieism is. Right. And it's pretty fascinating, actually. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a guy named um, Clervius Narcisse. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But he, he was uh, one of those anthropologists. He had a book called The Serpent and the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And according to the book, he went to Haiti and he kind of, you know, he studied the, the phenomenon. The Serpent and the Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Satan and Liberace <laughs> going on an adventure together. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he looked at um, you know, the Haitian culture there and, and how they had uh, how they consumed zombie powder, which uh, consisted of puffer fish, some material from a corpse, which right, it was actually the brain of like a recently buried child, wasn't it? Or yeah, something, like, something it's, it's, really messed up like it's, that. It's messed up. Yeah. Uh, freshly killed blue lizards and mm-hmm. uh, a large dried toad. Uh, called the Bufo Marinus, uh, and also a dried sea worm wrapped around it, and the heck? eat it. And, <laughs> and How do you it, get somebody to eat that? I, I don't know. I don't know. But but the whole idea was that you eat that, and then it uh, it, it causes one to become a zombie. And 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 you know he, he's kind of been discredited by some of the uh, you know anthropological authorities, like, hey, this was not a very scientific book, there, Mister. Right. But you know that's just one case of a study, and that was done that you know seems to at least show that the academic world is interested in this topic and, and is willing to entertain the idea of the reality of this zombie-ish thing. Right. Well, I mean, it brings up actually a big anthropological point, which is it is widely accepted that these zombies in Haiti were, if we take away the whole spiritual thing, which I'm not saying we do, but if you do that, it's said that this whole zombie thing comes out of like a psychoactive drug type of effect or maybe even a brainwashing in certain cases and things like that. Right. I mean, like, I mean, many toads, which is an ingredient that you just mentioned, are known to have psychoactive properties. Right. Like, that's yeah. why you have kids running around licking toads, which I, I didn't think was a real thing. I thought it was just like something I saw on television, but apparently it's real. And some of our listeners may have been toad lickers. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was part of the thing. I mean, there was one uh, theory that uh, basically these witch doctors, these bokors would drug somebody, maybe even kidnap them, drug them, and then in that psychoactive state, convince them that they are a zombie, like brainwash them because zombies were such a big part of the culture. You know, the fear of these zombies, the religious connection with these zombies, things like that, that somebody in a, in an altered state could be convinced that they are a zombie. And because it's so culturally embedded in them that they would just believe it. Right. You know, and think that they are a zombie and act as such. Right, yeah. which I think is a really powerful image, actually, to to brainwash somebody into thinking that they're a zombie. Right, and th- this is interesting as well because it, it um, and I mentioned this to you before, but this group called the Assassins, which um, comes from the word that's hash. The, 
this is the name of the of the group. Well, they're they're called that. It comes from Hashashin, mm-hmm. which is um is Islamic uh, roots in Arabic. It comes, you know, the, some listeners may know Hashish and know what that is. Uh, oh, basically, yeah. <laughs> basically, it was um around the 11th century, the beginning of the uh, militant threat of the Sunni, uh, you know, in the Persian territories. There, what this leader did. It was kind of like the first uh, Islamic crusade, mm-hmm. and to convince people that you know this uh, Hassan e Sabah was a was a, it was a prophet, basically an Islamic prophet, right. is that he would bring people in and to have this huge meal, and everything was laced with hashish, mm-hmm. um, which gives you that you know uh, 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 gets you high, gets you high. Yeah, I was trying to think of the the. Uh, Nope. Chem- chemical term. I Just gets this. you high. <laughs> right. So anyway, so yeah, they would get him high, and then he would bring them into this garden, and it was this beautiful garden, and you know he would bring these women out and and you know entertain these men, and as they came off the high, Hassan would say, "There you go. I just took you to heaven. So follow me and do as I say for this crusade." And you will, you know, you'll be in heaven with your, you know, whatever, the 30 versions or whatever, whatever the mythology is there. So in that sense, the use of psychoactive substances to control the masses, you know, this is an early form of mind control. And, you know, the, the, the connection with the modern cultural idea of a zombie, right? Like, you know, people say, oh, we're just, everyone's just a zombie because they just do as they're told and... And it has an interesting connection to Revelation 18, where it talks about the merchants of the world uh, deceive the nations using sorcery, and that word sorcery is pharmakia. So right, I don't right. want to go too far off go. topic there, but th- that's an interesting thing that you mentioned, how the use of substances to control their mindset, you know, and convince right. them that they're they're the living dead now, mm-hmm. and and that's why you should go, you know, eat uh, Uncle Joe's brains or flesh, right, or, or both, I guess. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the rub there. Where, where did this eating brains thing come from? That's true. The eating brains and eating flesh was never a part of the original zombification culture. It was not until uh, Hollywood yeah. got a hold of it. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead in 1985 was, uh, well, according to some reports, uh, was the first time that uh, zombies were interested in eating brains. And, um, and that's not that long ago. No. I mean, no, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. This whole zombie thing is actually pretty recent. You know, modern day zombies are a lot different than the ancient legends of zombies. Right. You know, the, the biggest buzzkill for me is the social hypothesis of zombies, which is just so bland. It just, I don't like it. Basically, it means that um, zombies, as people have come to know them are actually just homeless crazy people <laughs> like it's just like a a a, a mix, mixture between schizophrenia and homelessness that like people would just like see these crazy homeless people walking around and be like oh no mentally ill homeless guy that must be our loved one who has returned from the dead and that was it interesting it actually came from a, a, a an article 
in a publication called Times Higher Education, and this is a quote. I came to the conclusion that although it is unlikely that there's a single explanation for all cases where zombies are recognized by locals in Haiti, the mistaken identification of a wandering mentally ill stranger by bereaved relatives is the most likely explanation in many cases. People with chronic schizophrenic illness, brain damage, or learning disability are not uncommon in rural Haiti, and they would be particularly likely to be identified as zombies. I'm like, dude, like, how pessimistic do you have to be? <laughs> they're like, nope, zombies aren't real, not real. The whole mythology, everything, they're just crazy homeless people. And, you know, that just doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, well, you know, they always try to have a naturalistic uh, explanation. Anytime there's a mythological or supernatural element tied to it, they poo poo it and, you know. Poo poo. Speaking of poo-poo. Yeah, oh my gosh, speaking of poo-poo. So, okay, okay. now, okay, you, 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 read, you read a poem at the beginning of this episode. I did. And what was that poem called? The, the poem is called Homo Coprophagus Somnambulus. Right. And this is allegedly the scientific name for a zombified person or a zombie. But <laughs> while, while researching this... We couldn't find a single credible source for this. Yeah. In fact, the number one source for this, quote, scientific name, Homo coprophagus somnambulus, is Urban Dictionary. Right. And, and seriously, we spent a lot of time looking into this, and it literally does not show up unless it's in Urban Dictionary or this poem. Right. That we found. Now, Urban Dictionary did start, I believe, in 1999. And this poem was written in, what, 93? Uh, or published in 93? Well, I mean, the book that it was published in was initially published in 93. So Yeah. So there you go. This is the earliest that we could find. Right. Of Homo caprophagus. Somnambulus. Somnambulous. Yeah. It's really hard to say. It is. Homo Coprophagus somnambulus. Yeah, zombies and, is easier to say. Right. And so while we're trying to find the root of this, I mean, I was hoping to find like some 17th century text, you know, <laughs> by some like Mason who was studying like esoteric witchcraft and like, but also loved science. But no, it is nothing that cool. It is simply, I'm pretty sure some this guy who wrote the poem made it up or something because the only uh, sort of credible piece of information we could attach to this scientific name is by looking up the exact etymology. Right. Um, so homo, obviously uh, referring to the branch of the animal kingdom that human beings are attached to. But coprophagus refers to dung eating. Right. So coprophagus, copro means dung, phagus means eating, feeding on, eater of. So eater of poo. <laughs> <laughs> so scientific. So scientific. And then the uh, somnum, som, what is it? Somna, which is. Somna. No, it's somn, which is refers to sleep. Yeah. Ambulus which refers to being ambulatory or movement. To walk. To walk. So there, it's a sleepwalking poo eater. There you go. Which, uh, great. Why, well, why poo eating? I just don't get it. I don't get it either. 
I, I mean, maybe maybe somebody just like well, <laughs> I don't know why we're, somebody scientific was like you know this is this is nonsense. Flesh eating dead people. Well, how about this? And then yeah, I don't think. Well, I don't even think a sci- scientific person made that. No, it was probably yeah, it was probably some what's, somebody using early forms of Google. What's Latin for cannibal? Let's do this. It should be anthropophagos. Yeah, anthropophagos. Yeah, that's Not, what it is. Anthropophagus, so it should be Homo yeah. anthropophagus somnambulus. Yeah, instead of corpro, which means feces, right. it should be anthro, it, which is human or person. Per, yeah, right? exactly. There we go. Yeah. We just set this straight. Yeah. We just did the legitimate scientific name for a zombie. Yeah. So there you go, world. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> this deserves a song. <laughs> Homo anthropophagus somnambulus. Homo. Anthropophagus somnambulus, Homo anthropophagus somnambulus. That was a zombie singing it. In case you didn't get that, <laughs> just want to make that clear. Um, oh man! All right, wow. what are we talking about? Yeah, idiots. Okay. <laughs> moving um, on. Moving on. What are we talking? Uh, oh, so yeah, this whole idea of brain eating, right? It's, it's a it's a modern phenomenon. It's not really part of the. Uh, the, the mythological uh, uh, roots of uh, the traditional idea of a zombie, especially coming from the Haitian mythologies. Right. But, you know, what's interesting is that there's, you know, the modern cultural sort of milieu. cannibal, you know, milieu, you can say that, but like the, 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 the reporting that happens when certain events occur mm-hmm. that happen to involve brain eating it's oh, yeah. automatically labeled as a uh, you know zombie apocalypse or right. whatever right like the bath salt guy yeah yeah the bath that was gnarly yeah that was really gnarly actually i don't i don't even like thinking about it so no. let's make everybody else think about it um <laughs> no i mean if you recall there's the guy who is on bath salts and this was actually a little bit of an epidemic well, well didn't didn't they say that eventually they said that he didn't have bath salts in his system yeah it was like lsd or something wasn't it Oh, I thought it was. Or maybe nothing. not. Maybe he had nothing. I, th- I think he was just uh, so smoking ago. cannabis. It was. It was a really, really ended up being super diluted. I mean, so diluted that I think it was a cover up, and it was an actual zombie made in a lab by the government. And uh, what's your source for that? <laughs> oh, I can't tell you. It's a secret source. Uh, it's, it's, I know a guy. You know, a guy. I know a guy in the government, and he said that. Nice. Which apparently is totally a credible thing to say nowadays. Um, so yeah, there's the bath salt guy. You know, we just talked about the Ebola zombie um, yeah. thing, which is people, you know, allegedly coming back to life after being dead by Ebola. There's a couple interesting. Um, there's a YouTube video out there of a guy who eats a goat brain like straight out of a skull. I can't even watch it. It's so disgusting. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Even bef- it was like hours before I even started looking at this. I just stumbled upon. I think it was a BuzzFeed video where like this guy taste tests a bunch of brains and like gets wow. really into it and like gives you like the texture and like the gives you this well, full analysis. Well, e- like eating uh, animal brains isn't all uncommon, right? No. In some other cultures. I mean, it happened in Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Little monkey brain. <laughs> and, and I think I've heard that eating brains is good for a fetus. Oh, 
Yeah, maybe. So maybe these zombies are just really, really good <laughs> pregnant people. They're stewards of the human race. Yeah, they're just like... <laughs> you know, this, this, uh, this headline from Daily News that was published back in September 10th of 2013, I, I just love the title of this story. Mm-hmm. Brain and eyeball-eating cannibal who hacked homeless man to death says sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is terrifying. And it's, uh, Sorry about that. Uh, Tyree Lincoln Smith, 35, apologized for killing and eating Angel Tuntun Gonzalez at his abandoned Connecticut child home in 2011. Or childhood home in childhood. 2011. Wow, that is serious Halloween episode here. You make a you make a public apology that uh, yeah, I'm really sorry. <laughs> he must have been like a politician. The other way. Yeah. I did not eat that man's brain. Well, no, he apologized. Yeah. So th- I, I recant uh, my former statement. <laughs> I believe that what I did does not actually count as eating the man's brain. I merely <laughs> was taste testing it. I don't know what I'm going with this. No, I'm just I don't trying know. to see how a politician would. Uh, sure, try to try to dodge arrows. Right now, here's an interesting thing. If we kind of classify zombieism as just sort of. Uh, dead mindless animation mm-hmm. there is a terrifying story that comes out of the Amazon and that is uh, the story of cordyceps fungus mm. yes this I think BBC did a nice little expose on the cordyceps fungus basically what the cordyceps fungus is is a, a fungus that infects insects kills them and controls their body right yeah and there's all sorts of really fascinating footage of ants or or, you know all sorts of insects where they die after being poisoned by this fungus and then come back to life or are at least animated by this fungus that's growing in their brain and the fungus leads the animated insect body up as far as it can to get to what was it was it is like sunlight or some basically leads the body to nutrients for the fungus and then the thing dies again and then this terrifying fungus grows out of its head and i mean it, it's not necessarily your haitian voodoo type zombie situation but it is still a reanimated insect corpse for real documented by the BBC terrifying Um, and apparently there's just like hundreds and hundreds of different species of this mind control fungus and that makes me think that you know that's a subject of study for some serious black budget scientists yeah like can we replicate this in humans and can we control the fungus yeah and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I know a guy uh, <laughs> who works for Obama, like, mostly, and uh, he let me know that they're working on this. No, but I, I could totally see that happening. And the fact that the food system is already taken over by the... I don't like thinking about this anymore. <laughs> well, there, you know, there's... A, allegedly, there's some potential pharmacological uh, benefits... If you can say, I mean, <laughs> according to um, 
this Wikipedia link here. <laughs> I hate that. I always just... feel like just such an idiot. Um, okay, but this is actually cited by um, you know an actual botany textbook. So right. I, mean, I guess you can give a little bit more credibility than Wikipedia. Yeah, you just gotta uh, follow follow the. Yeah, you gotta follow the the the, the sources there. But um, one of the earliest records of cordyceps was found in a Tibetan medical text. Really? Uh, it's authored by, yeah, Zukar Niemanya Dorhe in the 15th century, outlining the tonic propensities of Yartsa Gunbu, which is the Cordycep sinensis, sin, sinensis uh, renamed now Ophi Cordyceps, and whatever. You're really good at words. I just, I, I'm not good with that. This is why I'm not a doctor, mom. Okay. Well, you know like, what? I, I couldn't handle the mom. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> this is why, mom. <laughs> Um, well, no, I find this terrifying because originally I had just thought that the cordyceps was in the Amazonian jungle, but now you're saying it's in Tibetan literature, which means somehow this fungus made it around the world, literally around the world. Yeah. And they're saying that it was used as an aphrodisiac. <laughs> what? Or, and it also has, uh, it may have antidepressant effects. Frisky zombies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it gets rid of your depression, and uh, you know because it's you know you, you basically give up your mind to this parasitic fungus. Right. Well, there you go. All right, no there more, you go. No more worries. I mean, it really doesn't sound any different from a lot of current antidepressant medication. That's true. That's very true. Not. I'm just saying, if you have an imbalance, take care of it. Also, Jesus is there for you. Yes. Um, to everybody there. Okay. Moving on. Um, I don't know. Maybe should we talk about the Bible a little bit? I think maybe we can, or we can tell more stories, more random stories. Do you have more stories? I got a couple. Yeah. Lay them on me, big man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really awkward, bro. <laughs> bro. Come on, bro. Bro. Uh, back in 2009, the Telegraph published an article called brain eating tribe could help find treatment for mad cow disease. Oh, right. And uh, basically, a, a cannibalistic tribe in Papua New Guinea, uh, whose members eat the brains of dead relatives, um, I guess, you know, for the scientists, provided some uh, examples of evolution that can treat mad cow disease. Wow. And, uh, you know, so there you go. There's uh, some. And I always like how science tries to bring out the, the good in everything, uh -huh. you know? They yeah. always try to find the benefit. You know, they just kind of ignore the, the ethical or moral implications of eating dead relatives brains which you know i guess culturally you can justify it if they're hungry or something right well as long as we're on the topic of dead relatives there's also a tribe i believe in indonesia might be papua new guinea where they let when a relative dies they lay the relative in a bed in their i think in their house and just let them quote sleep there for like a year Ew. before they bury him. Ew. Yeah, and they're still considered like part of the family. Like they don't let him go. Like they sleep or are, are dead in the house for a year, like decomposing and everything. And no, they just act like he's asleep for a year. Wow. And I think there was something to the effect of like, you know, just in case they wake up or something like, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I think I remember hearing something about that. Yeah, I, th I th watched a, I think it was a documentary. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, there has been more stories. I mean, you know, we talked about the the brain eating guy, you know, in Florida. 
Uh-huh. And there was another one, I think, in Maryland right. uh, recently or something. But there was, uh, there's one recently from Indiana. Uh, psycho cannibal killer stabs lover to death, then eats her brain, heart, and lungs. Oh, my gosh. So, I don't like and, and, this. And, well, I mean, yeah. We need I mean, to put a disclaimer at the front of this episode. Yeah, I mean, at the very top, we might do that. Right. Um, but, you know, you, there's a picture of the guy in the article, and uh-huh. um, this, this man needs Jesus really, really bad. <laughs> I mean, you see, you can just see the spirit of Antichrist, right. you know, is, is there, right. you know, I mean, you, you just don't do stuff like that unless, um, you know. Yeah. Speaking of pharmacia and eating people, I also heard a story about a group of people who took a bunch of mushrooms and the two guys thought that they were the devil and Jesus and fought each other and the guy who thought he was the devil killed the guy who thought he was Jesus and cooked him and ate him. Gosh, I don't like this. I don't like this conversation anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we can start uh, diving into the Bible here. I, I think people got enough. I think they get the idea. Yeah, let's. So yeah, there's actually a surprisingly large number of scriptures that, you know, maybe refer to something zombie-like. Um, especially referring to the end times and other things like that. I mean, Zechariah 14.12 in the ESV uh, states, and this shall be the plague which the Lord will strike all the peoples that wage war against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they are still standing on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. And a lot of people talk about this being some sort of radioactive effects, like they're, you know, some sort of nuclear war and radio. Um, right. That's kind of the, uh, the, the modern Bible prophecy uh, explanation of that verse. It's right. like, oh, it's a, it's a yeah, nuclear attack or something. Right. But radiation poisoning, you know, it, it does. I don't know if rot would be the, the word I would use to describe what happens to your body. It, it is a word, but I don't think it is the most accurate. You know, if you think about rotting, and the de- actual decom- decomposition that is very reminiscent of zombies right i mean yeah rotting flesh walking around right so when you read this i mean it kind of sounds like zombies are attacking jerusalem <laughs> and this shall be <laughs> or the if you plague. attack jerusalem you you'll become zombies well i mean it could go either way and this shall be the plague which the lord will strike all the peoples that wage war on Israel, on jerusalem their flesh will rot while they're standing on their feet their eyes will rot right. their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths I mean, yeah, the the Hebrew word there, uh, Strong's forty seven forty three, malkak, it means rot. It also means to decay, yeah. fester, pine away. So that's a little different from. If the, it's the, very specific. It's very it specific. specific to decomposition after you know life has left the body. And so, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that that's the definitive answer to that verse, but it does open up interesting possibilities if somehow a zombie sort of you know virus or something develops right you know i mean it just kind of takes me back to that scene in world war z where all those zombies are like climbing over each other and and scale the wall yeah. you know yeah, that's like crazy cgi yeah i mean i could just like imagine i'm just imagining that but like the walls of Jerusalem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a possibility. And, you know, we got to be open to some of these things. We don't know, but right. And it since, is interesting. since the word zombie is almost, you know, 
I wouldn't say synonymous, but closely tied with the word apocalypse in most sentences, zombie yep. apocalypse. No biblical look into zombies would be complete without a verse from Revelation. Yeah, Revelation 9.6 talks about, and in those days people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. And we've discussed this verse in relationship to transhumanists mm -hmm. and uh, the potential of uh, mindless beings in the end times. Right, or downloading your consciousness right, yeah. to a computer and it being saved there forever and you not right. want to be there. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just, we're just exploring people. Yeah, and, and on this verse here, Revelation 9, 6, this is where the angel opens the, uh, has a key to the bottomless pit, and it's opened, and smoke rises, and it's where the uh, locust swarm. Right. And interestingly, of course, you know, of course we're doing the zombie episode, Steve Quayle just came out with uh, a little, you know, document on zombies, of course, you know, right when we do. Uh, but it actually had some interesting stuff in there, and um, I want to share a couple of those things. Now, first off, the question of why locusts go from these sort of peaceful insects to a, a swarm that basically consumes everything in, in their path has puzzled scientists for a long time. But it seems like they've started to figure it out, and it comes down to a single gene and might go back to some of the stuff we just talked about with uh, fungus. So basically, the American Association for the Advancement of Science, you know, they were one of the people looking at this, and they were saying that it comes from a common brain chemical, serotonin. Uh, another paper that was published by Dr. Michael Anstey at the University of Oxford in a paper called How a Brain Chemical Changes Locusts from Harmless Grasshoppers to swarming pests says this quote locusts belong to the grasshopper family but unlike their harmless relatives they have the unusual ability to live in either a solitary or gregarious state with the genetic instruction for both packaged within a single genome very interesting it's kind of like a you know it's kind of like the black awakening thing right there's like two sort of personalities within uh, he goes on the question of how locusts transform their behavior in this way has puzzled scientists for almost 90 years. Now we finally have the evidence to provide an answer. And uh, one more quote here from Francis Crick uh, on a paper called On the Zombie Within. This was actually published back in 2001. And he states, quote, Could mutation of a single gene turn a conscious animal into a zombie? And so again, there's this idea that one little genome can change. And it's kind of this black awakening thing that Russ Dizdar talks about, and perhaps, you know, this locust is, uh, you know, supernaturally charged or some kind of, you know, genetic abomination that we've speculated on somehow, you know, maybe the transhumanist thing ties into it. But there's a few interesting passages parallel to what we just discussed with Zechariah 14, but there's a lot more. The Joel 2 army, if you read Joel 2, and we won't read all of it here, but basically... It's the same sort of thing. It's a swarm. It, it devours everything in its path. They're described as leaping from mountaintops and, I mean, just horrifying, horrifying stuff. Yeah. Another one that's really uh, interesting, I thought, was Ezekiel 5.10, when it talks about judgment, where Jerusalem is destroyed, and 
uh, verse 10 is very fascinating. It says, therefore, fathers shall eat their sons in your midst, and sons shall eat their fathers, and I will execute judgment on you, and any of you who survive I will scatter to all the winds. So again, this idea of eating relatives that's uh, kind of uh, zombieific. Isaiah 14.9 is another one. Sheol, which is you know translated hell, Sheol beneath is stirred up to meet you when you come. It rouses the shades to greet you, all who were leaders of the earth. It raises from their thrones all who were kings of the nation. And some translations read a little bit differently. Let me read the uh, King James Version, which, which is a little bit more pertinent to the zombie thing. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee even all the chief ones of the earth. It had raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. So again, the, the dead coming back. And, uh, you know, if we combine all these verses, it just seems to be similar to what we've talked about here with the whole zombie apocalypse scenario. I'm just riffing here, dude. Right. That's something. That's a riff. That's a riff and a half, man. But, I mean, we, we can even continue. So like, yeah, there's more. Uh, and, the, and there's a lot of verses in the Bible, obviously, about uh, resurrection from the dead and things like that. But there's not just resurrection from the dead. There's, there's sort of a separation. There's right. people who are resurrected into eternity and into the kingdom of God. But there's also this other group of people who are also resurrected. Yep. But they're not resurrected in a good way. And so, I mean, we can just go through here. I mean, Daniel 12, 2 says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt, which is kind of a heaven and hell situation, or shame and everlasting contempt. Right. Zombies yeah, are pretty contemptuous. <laughs> um, there's some parallel passage to that. Um, or passages, uh, John five twenty eight and 29, do not marvel at this, which is the return of Christ, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, that passage, because, you know, technically without the blood of Christ, we are all uh, doers of evil and we are all deserving of the resurrection of judgment. And uh, in Revelation 20, it talks about uh, the, you know, the, the resurrection of the dead in terms of that separation again. And um, in uh, verse 4 and 5, it talks about the throne of God and those who had, were beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and not received its mark on its forehead or their hands they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And that's before the millennium. Uh, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. And this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. So, you know, the whole, you know, we will be changed in the twinkling of an, of an eye and, you know, the dead in Christ will rise first. All that is the first resurrection that believers are a part of. And over such, the second death has no power. So the first death is, you know, the physical body. The second death, they say, is the, the, you know, the death of your soul. Uh, but instead, we will be priests of God and of Christ, and we will reign with him for a thousand years. And then, of course, you know, Satan is defeated, and 
after the thousand years and he's thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, but then after that, then I saw a great white throne. This is verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away. And it keeps going here. And I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and the books were opened. Then another was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake, lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So the resurrection of the non-saved will happen at the end of the thousand years, and they will be judged according to what they had done. And based on that, if their names were not found in the book of life, they will be thrown into the lake of fire. And so, you know, this is a lot of um, eschatology here we're talking, but, and it's a little complicated, you know, uh, there's different views, you know, on how some of this is parsed out. And it speaks into whether or not someone who didn't hear the gospel is saved or not. Uh, it could mean that, you know, if you lived life and you really genuinely did not hear the gospel, that, uh, you know, and you, but you were still kind of a good person, you have an opportunity to make it into heaven. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that seems like what it says here, but, you know, some people might call me a heretic for saying that. So, yeah, well, it wouldn't be the worst thing you've said. <laughs> What's the worst thing I've said? I don't know. But, okay, so there's some stuff there. There's a chapter or a verse in Ezekiel 37 that we won't touch on, but uh -huh. it has similar implications. Right. Uh, do you want to say anything about that or? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> there, there is um, some criticism that we as Christians, I mean, at least when I talk to uh, atheists or agnostics or just non-believers in general, they always bring this up and they always talk about you Christians are, you know, you guys are death cult. Oh, yeah. And all you do is... is um, You bathe in the blood of lambs. You, yeah, you, you, guys, you guys believe that you're eating the flesh of Jesus every time you eat, you know, flesh break bread and all this stuff. And, um, you know, it comes from the passage, Luke 22, uh, where 19 through 22, where it says, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Uh, verse 21, but the hand of him who is going to betray me is within, uh, with mine on the table. The son of man will go as it has been decreed. But anyway, so yeah, the whole, <laughs> this is the whole communion scene. And obviously, you know, the accusation is that, you know, we believe that when we're performing communion, we're basically eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking the blood of Jesus. What do you say to that, Basil? I mean, it's, it's a, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for saying that because, I mean, that's what the language says. Right. And, uh, you know, they already have a bone to pick if they're going that far. So, you know what? That's just, that's just how it is. Okay, but is that what's really going on there? Are we actually eating? I mean, if you're, I believe Catholics uh, believe in, what's the technical term for it? Where it, it literally turns to flesh as it's going down your belly, transmogrification, something like that. It's some big word. Yeah, yeah. It, I, you're right. It, no, transubstantiation. No, that's, that's what it, it is. Is it? Yeah, it's trans. Oh yeah, the substance. Yeah, the substance. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
a lot of Catholics believe in transubstantiation, which is the the wafer turning to the actual physical body of Christ as it's going down, which technically, I guess, would count as some sort of cannibalism. But yeah, no, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, there you go. We moved a little bit away from the traditional uh, or understanding of zombie, which is more of a mind control situation there. And and I mean, obviously, if you uh, watch Age of Deceit, um, you know, again, I mentioned it, I think, at the, at the top, but I go through that whole idea of the golem and those who are tied into the Mark of the Beast, Image of the Beast system would effectively become part of, you know, what I would label a global brain type right. situation where it's of one mind handing over the authority to the beast. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a Borg situation like Star Trek, you know? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So that that's... That that is also sort of a zombification where it's like you're a literally technocalypse yeah. zombie zombie technocalypse right because you're you're losing your own you know your your spirit your soul and you're giving it up in exchange for the image of the beast and um, you know you don't have your mind anymore you are basically dead walking around as you know animated body doing the will of Satan so yeah there you go that's a if that ain't a zombie I don't know what is right. Yeah. Well, there's a couple other places, um, you know, when, uh, I believe when Jesus was resurrected, the, uh, the saints came out of their tombs. That's another one that atheists always, you know, oh, you believe in zombies, you believe in zombies then. Like I've seen debates where they do that. And like when Jesus rose from the dead, they talk about how the, the saints came out of their graves. There you go. Zombies. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say I don't believe in zombies, but I wouldn't say that's <laughs> those are the zombies I believe in. So there you go. There's a little bit of biblical context that may or may not have to do with some sort of zombification. Okay, let's we're going to wrap it up here with some practical advice of if and when a real cultural definition of a zombie apocalypse goes down that's true i mean here's the thing with the whole zombie apocalypse thing i feel like at least young people my age because of the cultural obsession with zombies we would be so prepared and i've said this before that zombies wouldn't stand a chance in today's culture yeah we got space lasers we have space lasers we also have large companies coming out with brochures about how to survive a zombie apocalypse rei the outdoorsy store came out with a little brochure um i mean it's a sales tool to sell outdoors equipment but <laughs> gave some pretty sound advice about how to survive zombie apocalypses i mean there's even an article here on foxnews.com headlined marines police prep for mock zombie invasion and it actually was a, a large-scale training exercise where zombies and things like this were used and how to deal with them was a, a, a very real training scenario um, it's pretty funny it's been sensationalized a little bit but they do kind of admit that you know they just kind of used the zombie apocalypse uh, as a training tool but, the, you know, they're not necessarily training specifically for a zombie apocalypse. At least that's what they're saying. You know, right. they might just be laughing it off like, oh, crap. They found out about the zombie thing. Uh, no, this is all a big joke. Um, but, you know, still interesting. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That'll be wrap. 
I don't know. So there you have it. There's a comprehensive view of uh, zombies for this October or occult-tober. When you are walking around and you see little kids dressed as zombies, just remember that that is a caricature of Haitian slavery. And um, you're welcome. And you can say you heard on Canary Cry Radio that the actual scientific terminology yeah. for zombie correctly stated is homo anthropophagos somnambulus there you go so there you have it now you know the truth about zombies and maybe even a little bit more than you bargained for make sure to tune in next time to canary cry radio but until then think outside the cage brains <laughs> 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 <laughs>